Hello everyone, Tyler here. Send help, all we have in the Desert is Beer and Movies podcast contains explicit language and covers rated R movies. So, listener discretion is advised. Well, time. This is KFMTAM, and we have a special for you tonight. But first, a word from a sponsor. Do you enjoy the crisp taste of a glass of lemonade on a hot summer's day, but don't have the time in this era of fast paced living? New from P.I. Staker is an authentic, pre made lemonade in a bottle called Hales. Derived from his family's own recipe, you can now buy a case for nearly the same price at your local grocer and enjoy it in the fraction of the time. That's Hale's Lemonade. Now, KFMT and Hale's Lemonade present Harry Dotson and Janet Cartwright in a broadcast of the show, Beetlejuice. Okay. I have a question for you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Would you rather me strangle you to death or you watch me get decapitated with a guillotine and then get buried alive? How would you get buried alive if you're decapitated? No, no, by no. A you watch me get decapitated with a guillotine and then they bury you alive. Oh. Um I I I mean, you're going to die either way, but which way would you rather die? <laughs> Do you, would you rather me strangle you or would you rather be buried alive? After well, watching it depends. me get decapitated. Is the, is the reason why I'm getting buried alive directly related to you? Because if so, I'd be like, This is fault. <laughs> you get what you deserve! <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like uh, Henry Zabrowski says when they do the Ted Kuklinski episode on um, Last Podcast on the Left. He's like, I will have my revenge! <laughs> Do I do I get a bell in my coffin that I could just ring incessantly to drive yourself insane well, while you're being, while insane. you're buried alive? And who says you get a coffin? Maybe uh-huh. they'll just throw you in a hole and put dirt over you. Um, could I request uh, better tasting dirt? <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, this dirt is mediocre. I request better dirt. <laughs> do I take hints of uh? Fecal matter in the dirt. <laughs> I specifically rest- requested non-manured soil. <laughs> is this soil gluten-free? <laughs> oh god. <laughs> oh shoot. Well, welcome to Send Help. All we have in the desert is Beer and Movies podcast. I'm Kayfe. And I'm Tyler. Sorry, I kind of threw you off on that. Yeah, I was was about to say, and that's Tyler. And like, wait a minute. (laughs) How am I in two places at once? (laughs) Sorry, I just fucked up the Matrix a little bit. Um, He's starting to believe. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Speaking of the Matrix, what do you think about that new movie coming out? I want to see it, but the jury's still out of whether it actually needed to happen. Like, it's one of those things where... I don't think it was necessary, but it could have just been, you know, a well, nice Well, that's how thing I feel have. about a lot of the remakes that they're doing. Like, I am a huge fan of the Tobey Maguire Spider-Mans. <laughs> I <laughs> did not need Andrew Garfield to come in and take it! Soiled it! Soiled, Soiled it! it! Soiled it! <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, 
I don't know. I feel like both Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire did not do a good job holistically between Peter Parker versus Spider-Man. I do not. I do not agree with you. <laughs> I, I feel think like Tobey Tom Maguire Holland's, was top notch. I feel like Tom Holland has been the best so far, especially since he's been in high school for the entire of the series so far. Like they, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, they started him as a, like a senior or basically a senior and then just like immediately out of college whereas they started uh tom holland i think is like a sophomore or something like that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so yeah, now um, he actually has to deal with high school stuff ding 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 oh that's the jury bell they've come back with the verdict that you're fucking wrong <laughs> wow i mean no. don't get me wrong i like the raimi spider-mans but like as far as the character itself i feel like tom holland is better overall for being like the quippy Spider-Man, but also the awkward teen Peter Parker. Yeah, we agree to disagree on this one. Okay, Tyler, you want to get into the beer? Uh, I guess so. Tyler got to choose the beer two two weeks in a row. Yeah. This time we went with the cider, so that means we're using the different scale, remember? Well, I mean, it's the same scale. It's just like... I don't know. It's a cider instead of a beer. All right. There you go. Oh, oh, damn. That's actually pretty good. It's pineapple flavored. So you know what that means. Tastes like pineapple. Sure. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you, (laughs) Doug. Oh, shit. Okay. I told you. It's pretty good. It's very tart. Oh, yeah. It's very, very tart. If you don't like tart stuff, then this is probably not for you. But, I mean, it's good. I think it would be better in a glass. I feel like I can taste the beer bottle, which is why I don't really like ciders because they're not like, I feel like I can, like with the Pacifico Clara with Coors Light in a bottle, I feel like I can taste the bottle. Do you know what that means? Yeah, I I get that, but I typically have that problem with cans more. Interesting. I don't taste cans at all. Cans in plastic tend to, like, plastic gives like this weird, it takes all the edge off, off of things. Like, if I do uh, sodas and stuff, like Coke, for instance, tastes very different between a glass bottle, a plastic bottle, and a can. Yeah. With the can, it has that kind of metallic edge to it, even though it's lined with plastic on the inside to keep that from happening. But it just kind of tends to have a little bit more edge to it, whereas with the plastic bottle, it just kind of seems very, uh, like, overly smooth and, like, filmish, you know? And then with the glass bottle, there is no real problem with that. Like, the glass bottle is, like, the most neutral one and typically tastes better. Yeah. Plus, I, you know, I am siding with the bottle for this thing. I think it's fine as it is. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying it's bad, but like I said, I feel like I can taste it. But I think I will always be on the side of ciders, though. I'm a cider cider. Yeah. Well, it has a pretty cool label. It's a ace card like playing card and instead of a suit it has pineapples and then you know ace california pineapple craft cider i just now um, noticed the actual a's for the card (laughs) and i've seen this label like six times on now you're just realizing that it's a playing card yeah i'm 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 stupid don't worry (laughs) you 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 like poker a lot (laughs) i know i know i just like this is what i saw Mm mm-hmm and then when you pointed that out, I was like, suddenly the A's and the pineapples underneath them just suddenly appeared. And I was like, oh, well, I'll be damned. Yeah, look at that. <laughs> anyway, it's a playing card, Tyler, and also, the rest I of th- the world. Also, this is not our first gluten-free 
drink, but it's our first vegan one. Yeah, so all you hipsters out there, there, which, you know, nothing against hipsters. There's only four... We know you like telling people that you're a vegan, so sorry. It's good. I mean, on the on the bottle neck, it says the world's original pineapple cider, often imitated but never surpassed. Wow, they are uh, very confident. We marry pineapple and apple juice. Wow, talk about like, are we for or against arranged marriages? Like right? fucking for real? Right? Come on, man. It's the it's what if that apple loved the banana? You don't know. <laughs> You want to finish the... the, the... <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> anyway, they marry the pineapple and apple juice against their fucking will think... and ferment to make the thirst-clenching cider that's deliciously refreshing any like, time of the year. societal, like, uh, repercussions for, like, a fruit to marry a vegetable? It's like, well, it's one thing if it's fruit and fruit, but fruit and vegetable. What if, like, broccoli and a pineapple? I'm not... I'm not thinking about taste at all. Here, I am thinking I fully... about taste, and I really wish you wouldn't have said that. <laughs> Ew. Uh, oh, uh, anyway, what do you give it? I, I think I would rate that pretty high. This is like 4.2 for me. Wow. Okay. Wow. Right. Yeah, wow. <laughs> um, I'm going to give it a three. Hmm. Yeah. It's good. It's good. Too tart. It's very tart. Um, I but... feel like I got used to it pretty quick. You always get a bubble in your throat. Are you okay? No, I just have a small throat. It's fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, no, I give it a three. It's, I I mean, like you say, with every other beer, I would drink it. You know, if this was all that was there. I, mean, I, I would I, drink I would, this over quite a few other beers. Yeah. Um, I would drink this over, like, Angry, Angry Orchard. Uh, I like see, I like, I like the sweetness of Angry Orchard. So to, to me, this is more sweet than Angry Orchard. Interesting. Because I feel like Angry Orchard, and this might be like the tartness of the pineapple working its magic, but the sweetness of the Angry Orchard typically for me like dies off after the first few sips. Like you get too used to it and it's just like the biting kind of fermented taste. Mm-hmm. Whereas this, I feel like the pineapple just kind of keeps that fresh and you never get really used mm. used to it. Damn, I'm like having trouble over here with yeah. Bubbles yeah. and burps. Bubbles and burps. Uh, yeah, no, I agreed. In, we're opposite ends here. That's all right. That's also how we are in our original lives. So I mean, it's not all right with me. Yeah, it's not all right we, with you. We will you. have words. Oh my god! All right, stay tuned for I the throw the gun right down at you. <laughs> stay tuned for a knockdown drag out of Tyler and Cafe. <laughs> I, I I demand fisticuffs. <laughs> I demand the old style pistol duel. Yeah, I was gonna say Aaron Burr and Alexander Hamilton. <laughs> Damn, I need to go find a second. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Don't know enough people here. Damn it. And you know, find a doctor that's willing to come and be there. Uh, we can at least agree to live on the edge, like yeah. for real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have Google. It's fine. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> All right, everybody. You guys ready for this week's movie? Because we're fucking ready for this week's movie. We have Harry Belafonte stuck in our heads for 48 hours straight. Yeah. It is. Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. I'm not saying it a third time. Ah, uh, pussy. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I mean, granted, if I could say it a third time and all of a sudden Michael Keaton just 
appears. That'd be pretty swell. That'd be pretty cool. I'd want to talk to him about Birdman. I'd want to talk Still to him. Still haven't seen about... that one. Oh, God. We gotta watch it. I've heard it's good. We should actually put it on the list. Because it's not a great film, at least in my opinion, but the camera work, it is one continuous shot throughout. It is insane. Okay, but if we watch it, then I'm going to fucking make a list of all the hidden cuts in it. Allegedly. You know how fucking hard it would be to make a feature-length film in one go? That's why it won Academy Award, because it's really, a, it's, it won Best well, so Picture. so it's 1917. 1917 is so good. But there's hidden cuts in there. Like, there's actual, like, points in 1917. Like, there's a scene where they're in the trench, and then it shows them climbing out of the trench, and then being on top of the trench, but the whole climbing motion is completely CG. Gotcha. Okay, fair enough. Anyway, that's we're not talking about Birdman or 1917 here. We're saying. talking about Beetlejuice, which I've just said for the third time, and Michael Keaton typically, did not just fucking dis- or appear, and I'm disappointed. Typically, long cuts are max maybe like a minute and a half. We're not on that topic anymore. Look, we are I'm tired on, of that topic. We are I'm tired on, of that subject. We Let's are on the topic at hand, which is fucking Michael Keaton in one of Tim Burton's best films. I don't, I don't know if I'd fuck him in this one, because he's kind of disgusting. Who? Michael Keaton. I wouldn't fuck Michael Keaton anyway. Okay, I, would, I would share whiskey and cigars with Michael Keaton. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like George Clooney vibe, like you want to share a drink with him, but for different reasons. Right. Right. And yeah. but see like Michael Keaton, I have mad respect for Michael Keaton. He is probably one of my favorite actors between Multiplicity, <laughs> Beetlejuice, yeah. um Tim Burton Batman. Tim Burton Batman's Birdman, while it was I did he, he not enjoy. He was a good villain in Spider-Man. He was a good villain in Spider which one? I don't remember which one. Please don't tell me it was a Tobey Maguire one, because if it is, then I recant no, my no, entire no. Spider-Man statement. He played, uh, he played the vulture in the first Tom Holland Okay, 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 thank God. Because the second you were like, he was a good villain in Spider-Man, I was like, please don't tell me that I he, missed a favorite. Like, he has one of the best villain uh, hero interaction scenes of like the whole MCU. Yeah. Because uh, his daughter is, in that movie, his daughter is Peter Parker's love interest. Ah. And Peter Parker shows up to pick her up for the dance. And all of a sudden, he opens the door. And while he doesn't know who Spider-Man is, Peter Parker definitely knows who the Vulture is. And so there's just this tense, like, oh, fuck. Ah, fuck. And over the course of the car ride to the school for the dance, Michael Keaton figures out who Peter Parker is. Uh, oh my god he's so funny and the other guys too oh yeah (laughs) where he's like where he's like we want no scrubs all right all right and they're like really you don't you don't know who tlc is and he's like i don't i don't know what you're talking about he's like hey don't go chasing waterfalls (laughs) and he's like i don't know who tlc is i have no idea i'm sorry i'm listening to you but i'm also thinking of other michael keaton roles that i really enjoy Um, you know what let's just do this whole episode on just michael keaton you know what we we really really could honestly i didn't know he was chick hicks in cars huh huh all right then I did not know that either. Oh, fun fact. <laughs> Let's see how many people of our three listeners didn't know that either. <laughs> but there is like a lot of star power in this movie. There really is. And it's so 
between Alec Baldwin being in Solo Little Babe and Gina Davis having like one of those beautiful square ass faces that you never thought would be a beautiful as because it's square ass. So and see the thing is, is when I think of Gina Davis, I think of A League of Their Own. Yeah. Even though I know that's not the only movie she's been in, obviously, but that's like that's her. That's an iconic role. Yeah, it's an iconic role that she's very center focused on in the throughout the whole movie, and so yeah, yeah. She also has, you know, a very distinctive face uh, and look to her that she's a beautiful woman and everything. She just has that, like, very unique uh, face to her. Yeah. It's kind of, we've said it multiple times about multiple different people. Um, So Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis play the main couple in this film. The Maitlands. The Maitlands, yes. And as Pre said, Michael Keaton plays Beetlejuice. Uh, Which he probably does, it's very hard to tell it's Michael Keaton. Yeah, unless you know that it's Michael Keaton. But it also says in the opening credits and Michael Keaton as Beetlejuice. Yeah. So I mean, he's the last cast member featured, and he's also he's the head head honcho. It's named after him, but he's only in there for less than fifteen minutes. Yeah, he doesn't have. It's like a uh, Darth Vader in the original Star Wars. He's only on screen for like ten minutes. Yeah, he's not on screen <laughs> a lot, and it's kind of disappointing honestly because he he is i mean while this this whole movie it's you go into it knowing that it's going to be a little cheesy but it's not hocus pocus cheesy yeah it's tim burton b movie cheesy i don't even know if this is really a b movie though well no so he intentionally made it Oh, like okay. a B movie because his well at least his animations like the sculptures the way that they move yeah. and things like that um, very stop he motion. intentionally made that B movie because he only had a million dollar uh, effects budget oh okay yeah well, that makes sense then yeah but he then you know he loves that style he loves making the inanimate objects animate and making them look like that crickety oh that's obviously claymation so he probably loves the studio that i'm fucking forgetting the name of but it's the studio that made like caroline that uh, is a tim burton movie um kubo and the two strings okay they're made by the same uh fucking hell i i'm blanking on the name but i want to say it's like water workshop or something like that though oh i think i am wrong what that I don't think Coraline is uh, Tim Burton. Well, it's very it's, Tim Burton esque, but it's Henry Selleck who also did like Nightmare Before Christmas, uh, Corpse Bride, Paranorman. He so maybe, works with Tim Burton. He's so maybe it was probably produced by Tim Burton, right? He's you know the fuck. What's his name? Paul Blart. Kevin James. Kevin James to Adam Sandler. Oh, yeah. Okay. You know, so I think that's uh, that's what I'm comparing it to, or the norm to Adam Sandler, or the any of yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, and he might have been involved. I just didn't look any any further, but he didn't direct it, which is he might have produced it or something. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I'm pretty sure the thing that I mentioned was just like a props uh, company. I don't think they did the stop motion for it. Mm. Mm. But it it's something that is pretty unique as far as the name is concerned, and I'm fucking blinking hard on it. But I love their stuff because it's like the best stop motion ever. Yeah. Um, they put so much detail and effort into it's like Gumby. a five-second yep. shot. Gumby. Okay. Gumby. 
Okay, but I was just thinking of like an like Very a, a universal <laughs> a universal knowledge. But I think Tim Burton is pretty universal. Yeah, that's true. Um, and then we have Catherine O'Hara as the stepmother Delia. She is of Schitt's Creek fame currently. Man, she must have had so much fun during the day. She must scene. have had. She must have had so much fun this whole time. I mean, she got to go crazy. She was like, "I will live with you in this hellhole. I will. I will live out in the sticks. But you must let me express myself, otherwise I will go insane, and I will bring you with me." <laughs> it just. It just seems like the most fun type of role. Yeah. Also, at the dinner scene before, like the. Uh, before the Deo thing happens, she's doing like the perfect, just like, you know, fake laughs and everything, like trying to, like, <laughs> ah, yeah, and the, like the faces she makes at her husband and stuff. Like, like, she is not smiling to her with her eyes. She's like, oh my God, fucking help me while <laughs> giggling. Like, I'm dying inside. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. Oh, it's man. bad. But she must have had a lot of fun. Speaking but, and also, she just plays that like crazy mother role. Yeah. Like, have you ever watched It's Creek? Uh, no, I haven't. Oh, I recommend it. It's so funny. It's so funny. How funny is it? So funny. It is so <laughs> funny. Like, oh my God. Yes. <laughs> and then, of course, we can't go without mentioning Winona Ryder. Oh, yeah. As Lydia. And I uh, feel like this is the earliest role I, re- I can think of for her. Uh, she was in... As far as movies are concerned. I think Heathers came out the same year. Probably, I can't remember if it was before this. Have you ever seen Heathers? I've heard of it, but I don't think I've seen it. Yeah, and then there was also, there was one that, the the movie that she, that Tim Burton zeroed in on her for, I can't remember what it was, but have you ever seen Girl Interrupted? Girl Interrupted is fucking amazing. Uh, Edward Scissorhands. Oh, yeah. Edward yeah, but that's also another Tim Burton movie. But did that come out before or after Beetlejuice? Mm, Edward Scissorhands is in 1990. Yeah, so a couple years after. Yeah, definitely a couple years. Well, two years after. Uh, I think the, I mean, it was Batman and then I think Edward Scissorhands and then Batman Begins. Batman. Forever. Batman Forever, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. (laughs) Beetlejuice, which we've all fucking seen. Yeah. Which if you haven't seen seen Beetlejuice, fucking get out of the rock that my brother was under when he hadn't seen Hocus Pocus and go watch Beetlejuice, especially like, if you're listening to this podcast. I feel like the Beetlejuice podcast. rock is an even bigger one if you haven't seen it, though. Uh, no. Yes. No, yes. I think I think, I think think Hocus Pocus's rock was way bigger than this one. I'm sorry, but if you haven't seen Beetlejuice, there's a much likelier chance that you've at least probably seen the scene for Deo over anything from fucking Hocus Pocus. Mm. Beetlejuice has a lot more far-reaching influence pop culture-wise mm. than Hocus Pocus did. I think you're wrong. I think you are fucking full of shit. No, I think you're wrong. I think Hocus Pocus has a farther reach, especially because with how dark this movie is and everything. I think that, you know, because kids can watch Hocus Pocus and the only thing that they're going to ask you if it's weird is what a virgin is. But this, this is pretty dark. So people didn't grow up watching Beetlejuice. They grew up watching Hocus Pocus, and some people have never missed a year of watching Hocus Pocus. Me, a a huge Tim Burton fan, a huge Tim Burton fan, before I bought this movie on Amazon earlier this year, it had probably been two or three years since I've watched this film. Well, yeah, but I also... And this is on Disney Channel every year for at least two months running. 
Beetlejuice okay. is not as easy. I mean, if you have streaming, but I had to buy it on Amazon. There's no other. Oh, Tyler, you are ruining our desert facade. <laughs> You know, I just have a bell that I like to just ding at weird moments, <laughs> right. you know? Stay away, coyotes. But anyway, if you are listening to this, please let us know. What is more of a niche? Hocus Pocus? I, I think or it's Beetlejuice. Hocus Pocus. Yeah. I don't know whether people would have seen Hocus Pocus more than Beetlejuice, but I, the hill I will die on is that Beetlejuice is more culturally revel- relevant than Hocus Pocus, or has been more influential culture-wise than Hocus Pocus. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. Beetlejuice also spawned like several other like shows, yeah, and shows, and spinoffs, shit. and like, it had much. And it everything, went much yes. further than Hocus Pocus did. Yes, fair. Uh, I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one. Also, Beetlejuice is so relevant that the newest Teen Titans show actually had a Beetlejuice episode in it. Yeah, like three or four years ago. Yeah. So where's the Hocus Pocus one? I huh? just fucking agreed with you on that. You don't gotta talk to me like that. I will fucking throw it down here. Fucking try it. <laughs> I'd like to see this. Fucking let's go. <laughs> I, ooh, I'm gonna thump you. <laughs> I probably got like 60 pounds on you because I'm a fat fuck. <laughs> you fuck. <shut> <laughs> <up>. <laughs> But anyway, the the premise of the movie is these this couple lives on this beautiful house on the hill, which is just a facade, unfortunately. But um, that takes place in Connecticut, but it's actually filmed in Vermont. So it's a it's a one walled house. Yeah, pretty much the outside, the outside, all the all the shots from the outside. Oh, okay. Are a f- it's just a wall with some sticks on the back holding it up oh, on okay. a hill in small town Vermont. It does seem like a very odd place for a, a house. I love it. I like it. It's just I don't know why they like there's just this nice density of houses and then all of a sudden house on the hill. Right. Right. So I can understand if it was like well, also like most of it, houses. I actually think is businesses. I think the houses are on the other side of the town. That, or at least behind the businesses. Yeah. Not on the main road. Right. The main road is all the businesses because his hardware store is there. I mean, they do have to drive, like, on a dirt road and then across a bridge before they even get to the main road. Right. So, yeah. Spoiler alert, they die. Yeah, they die. They have to go down. They're taking a two-week vacation or a staycation, so to speak, in their home to fix it up. And Man, I want a staycation. Do all the super same. <laughs> this Fuck. sounds so nice right now. Fuck. I'm about to go on kind of like a mini vacation, and it's not even sounding appealing to me currently. Like. It's, it's- I was telling her earlier, it's like one of those things where you are just dreading the actual, like, act of going to somewhere. But you know once you get there, you're going to have fun. Yep. It's just like, ugh, I don't want to have to, like, if I could just teleport Especially there. right now with everything going on with the airlines and the weather being so fickle. Like, I'm just, oh, fuck, something's good. Like, I'm going to be. the weather I'm, seems pretty consistent right now. It's not going to be on the day that I'm supposed to be coming back, however. Oh. Well, yeah, we had this conversation. I mean, you earlier. like roller coasters, right? Not thirty thousand feet in the fucking air. I don't. Well, no, no, you'll only be like ten thousand. <laughs> Not ten thousand feet in the fucking air. I don't. <laughs> I don't give a fuck if it's anything over than like the Texas Titan uh-huh. height. I'm good. I don't. I don't want to be. I don't want to. Oh no. man, I I rode on the swing ride. That's about that height. Yep. That shits. If you have any problems with height. No, like, I, I know they have one of those at a casino here. I'm not going to say the casino because that will totally give us away. But um, they have one at the casino here. And uh-huh. 
No, I've done it. I've done it three or four times. But I'm not talking I, about now, like the big like swooping swing. I'm talking about like the ones where it's like it a spins rotating. you around. Oh, yeah. gotcha. That one goes like 315, 320 feet in the air, and that's like where your legs are. Yeah. So it's like fuck. Yeah, right. Can you just imagine your chain coming loose? Like fuck, I have Final Destination brain so bad I could not there handle was, that. There was a video on Reddit that uh, came out a few years back of uh, someone was like had their phone out like showing themselves and then they drop it and you can like see them like quickly go away and then it just like starts spinning and then it hits the ground and you just are looking up at the actual swing and and everything going but the just look of like terror on this uh woman's face as she's dropping her phone she's like oh shit yeah right there's not much you can do (laughs) but hey it was still going after it hit the ground so i guess kudos to that phone manufacturer right no crap that's I just said no crap like this isn't a parental advisory podcast. No shit. <laughs> no fuck. <laughs> oh, shoot. But anyway, they have to go down to the the Maitland's, back to Beetlejuice, have to go down to the hardware store for something. And uh, I think it was like a brush. Yeah, a brush that he needs to his uh, anniversary present was some like type of stain that he wanted to use on whatever he was working on with his model of the town. Yeah. And hers was wallpaper <laughs> for, for the like guest the bedroom. Most, like bland individuals. Right. But they in but they're just like, oh my God, like they I can't like a I picturesque can't. couple. Right. Yeah, and I cannot reiterate how much of a babe that Alec Baldwin is when he is younger. I cannot. He is just oh, yeah. so good looking. And he hates this movie. He yeah. hates his performance in this movie. And that bums me out. Because, yes, it's a little corny, but it's supposed to be. Yeah, it's it's supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I mean, he kind of does play the doofy husband sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. like There's some moments. <laughs> the handbook of the recently diseased... Like, really? Really? Like, <laughs> really? Uh, not even the same letters. D-I-S versus D-E-C. Like, come on, man. <laughs> Deceased. Mm-hmm. Deceased. I don't yeah. know. But I, while we're on the, they're on this trip, this dog gets in their way while they're on the bridge. And it's funny because there's dog's a, a dick. bumper sticker that says, I break for animals <laughs> on the back of their car. Granted, they were, like, kissing on each other as well, they were Well, also, back. shame on Adam who is Alec Baldwin's character. Shame on Adam for grabbing the wheel. Yeah, really. He's like, oh, watch out for that dog. And then he yeah. grabs the steering wheel from Barbara. Yeah, and careens them into the... Side of this bridge. Yeah. This bridge barn, covered bridge. And the dog standing on... A plank. A plank. And they're like, don't move, don't move, don't move. And then the dog, like the dog could hold up an entire fucking car here. Well, Tell it, me physics. It, is that so is it, that plausible? Yes. It kind of depends on like how the weights, uh, like where the center of mass of the car is. If it's ever so slightly out of balance to where the dog on that long plank could uh, sit on it, then it's possible. And then as soon as it gets off, it would be like a very slow just tip you know, into the river, which it kind of is. Yeah, I mean, it's for the sake of an hour and a half long movie, they speed things up quite a bit here. Yeah, it, it and is also physically time, possible. Time is relative to people who are dead. Well, it, yeah. it depends on if you're in the afterlife or in the real world. If you're in the real world, it's real time. But if you go into the afterlife or some other dimension, time just kind of like... Speeds up. Speeds up. Yeah. So I didn't catch this until I saw... Rewatch the clip of the dinner party scene. But when um, 
what's his face the ortho the, ortho when he's like uh you ortho. know what, no r ortho sorry. yeah ortho when he's uh is joking like you know what they say about people who commit suicide they become yeah, civil, civil servants. servants and then yeah. all the people they see in the afterlife who are if like, i would have known then what i know now i wouldn't have had my little accident yeah she's <laughs> yeah. got you know cuts Slit on wrist rest, yeah which you know across the tracks or whatever so yeah. probably didn't actually die from that right yeah but uh like another guy is someone who hung himself another guy is a guy that got probably jumped in front of a bus yeah or something like that yeah, it's it, it's it's basically people who commit suicide become civil servants so if you commit suicide you are doomed to work yeah in the afterlife that's pretty much it and even juno um, the caseworker for yeah. the Maitlands, uh, she slit her own throat. Which damn. Yeah, that's a that's a fucking badass, not a badass thing to do, but she's that a hard is a bitch, man. Savage way to go. She's a hard bitch. Yeah, that is a fucking savage way to go. I didn't also, mean to say badass. Suicide had, is not badass. If you need help, then please seek help. I had forgotten the whole scene where she's like getting them to be like, okay, I want to see what you are gonna do to scare them. And she's like, not bad, not bad, now you. That has shown up in so many memes in the last, like, year and a half. Right. <laughs> and I had completely forgotten where that was from. I was like, I know I've fucking seen the movie that that's from. I just cannot picture it. Not coming to mind. Because, like, there's nothing in that in that little clip, like, in the background or anything to denote... Well, I mean, if, it, know, if it were Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis and not their crazy faces, you probably would have known what it was immediately. Well, no, I, I would have known what it was even with the crazy faces. It's just when it sh- when she does that line, it's just her. Oh, gotcha. There's nothing in the background or foreground to f- denote, you know, afterlife or ghosts or anything. It's right. just, like, the green lighting. And so... That's all you have to go off of, and unless you just recently saw the movie like I did, it's like, oh, I have no fucking clue. It's like, I know, it's one of those things where you just know you've seen it. You're just not sure from where. Yeah. But from where, yeah. Yeah. Well, before they died, their realtor came up, even though she says she's family later in the movie. She's a bitch. So I'm not exactly sure if she is actually family, but she Probably comes not. she comes to the house before they leave and die, uh, saying that they just got an offer from a guy in New York City who wants to buy the house, and then she's like, oh, I should really be, this big of a house should be with someone with a family, and obviously the Maitlands have been trying for yeah. a little bit, and so it hurts. They live in this, like, 25... 25- 3,000 square foot home. With an attic and a basement. With an attic and a basement. Uh, and it's just the two of them. And this realtor is just relentless. Yeah. Saying it's too big to of a house for you to... And, you know, she's that's how realtors are. You know, I would have... Coming from children, from I, realtors, I don't think we've ever seen mom be that way. However, can you imagine what she might be at work? What well, she she, she like doesn't actually work. do that. I know. She doesn't do that anymore. But when she was doing oh, it. Oh, man. I can't even imagine. Oh, God. Oh, God. I but wouldn't it, want to see I mom like that. If I had to fucking deal with that shit, like, the second or third time, I'd be like, we said no. Kindly fuck off. Right. <laughs> right. And that makes me think that maybe she is family because they're not saying that. Well, they're also the Maitlands who are, like, the nicest people in the world. So they might just be being nice yeah before they meet with her the first time when she first shows up they're like okay it's your turn to deal with her this time and adam goes and hides in the basement and all that and then she's it's obvious that this has been reoccurring forever and ever and ever right which is gross if you're a real estate agent don't do that shit yeah but 
It, anyway, so when the Maitlands die, she calls up Hot Shot from New York and is like, hey, so <laughs> they didn't want to sell it, but now they don't have a choice. So um, you want this house? Up. Yeah. So it was then that the Dietzes moved in. Lydia, Charles, and Delia. Charles, like, I feel for him. I he's, feel for Charles, He's just too. wanting to fucking relax in the countryside and all this wacky shit, crazy Bird wife. watch, read his magazines. And his crazy wife is just like, no, we got to modernize this shit up. We got to completely redecorate. And he's like, he has to, like, stop them from going into the city. Like, no, 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 no. I yeah. don't care. Just not this room. Right. Please. He, he has this one specific room that he has picked out as his study. And he's like, nope. You know, like, Otho climbs in through the window because apparently going through doors is bad luck because apparently going through the front door is bad luck for whatever fucking reason which he goes to the front door on other occasions or at least you don't see him come through. i I think i think it's a superstition that has to be with like entering the house for the first time oh but i'm not i'm not positive it doesn't i know like in russian culture uh the first time you uh enter a house uh to like live in you're supposed to like go through the house with like sage and stuff like that okay i only know because my friends but yeah today on russian culture knowledge sorry oh, okay <laughs> i feel kind of singled out now like damn that's I okay i know a russian anymore. shut just up one, uh, i'm just fucking one person show now have fun Kendra. i'm done <laughs> Oh, shit. Otho. Yeah. Otho's probably one of my favorite characters, honestly. He's great. It's just he causes a lot of problems. He causes a lot of problems. He is obviously gay, but is... I. What is his relation to the one... To the Asian lady? Yeah, I have no fucking I, clue. I think... Because she just leaves after that scene yeah she doesn't she doesn't show up before she doesn't show up after it's really like the only scene when, that she shows up in and when otho stays the night and everything she just kind of disappears yeah yeah no like, i think okay, i think is, i think it's his uh, wife for show okay basically to keep the illusion up right and says something along the lines is of uh something 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 or is this one of your half half-assed suicide attempts again yeah and then he says something about how he's into the paranormal and she's like paranormal is that what they're calling your kind these days (laughs) and i'm like wow bitch (laughs) i feel like if this movie had been made today there might have been like a joke with the whole climbing through the window thing like you know the first time i'm gonna go through a door is when i'm coming out of the closet or something right yeah oh that's a good one that's a good one (laughs) Holy crap. That's amazing. Uh, we should make a t-shirt that says that. <laughs> and with ortho with Otho Clan. I don't want to I don't know why I want to say ortho like it's a fucking doctor's office. Maybe you just need to get your teeth checked or straightened. My teeth are fine. You know, ortho actually makes a lot of a sense because he's obviously probably gay in orthopedic straighten your teeth. Sorry, bad joke. I'm going to go to the restroom now. <laughs> 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 Orthodontist. I know, I know, I know. It was a bad joke. Okay, now after Tyler's worst joke of the fucking century. 
Look, I fucking put in the effort to make these as horrible of a joke as possible without being too offensive, damn it. It takes effort to be this bad. You know what? I'm going to agree with you. (laughs) 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 So basically, the whole premise of this film is the Maitlands trying to get the Dietzes out of their home. Mm -hmm. Because... They have to live on Earth for another 125 years. Yeah, at least that's like the the haunting lease type thing. Right, right. So Which, you die, you go back home, and or... Yeah, they never really like touch what happens like after you kind of like move on. Right. It's just kind of, you're now hunting. And the, uh, the one old lady that's her caseworker, she hints that the 125-year thing is actually pretty rare. Yeah. So they left out. Maybe it's because they've been such, you know, great people. But Boring people. Okay. No, please. I would love to live on top of a hill if the last scene in a of this tiny movie... town of like 125 in Vermont. Yeah. I would kill for that. <laughs> and the last scene shows just how great these people are. Yeah. You mean you got a, you got an A on your math test? It's like so. Can I? Well, you only got a C in science. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't. I told him I couldn't dissect a frog because of my religion. <laughs> I thought that was the right. stupidest thing ever. But <clears throat> the the problem with the Dietz is, is that while they want them out of the house, they become quite, or at least Barbara becomes quite attached to Lydia. The daughter yeah. of the Dietzes. I think Adam to an extent. Adam to an extent for sure, but I mean. It's clear, it's clear that the message that is being sent about Barbara is that she has a maternal instinct that she needs to use regardless if she's alive or dead. And she never got the chance to do that while she was alive. And so it's just kicking in right here because the first time that she encounters Lydia, who is pale and she's a goth, you know, she, she's pale. She has pointy bangs that are literally into spikes. Yep. Um, she dressed in black all the time. Right. Dressed in black all the time. The first time, the first time you see her at the dinner table, she's literally in a black, like funeral veil, (laughs) like a witch's hat with a lace veil, basically a tent over her. Yeah. Yeah. And the first time you see her wearing anything but black is when Beetlejuice uh, magics puts the her, red dress on yeah, her. Yeah, magics her into a red dress. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. So sorry, I have <laughs> something in my eye and I'm dying here. <laughs> Damn. Okay, Tyler, carry yeah. on the conversation while I figure this out. Carry on my way. Oh no, sorry. No, kind of the conversation. <laughs> Well, I mean, conversation requires two people, so I am. I can still, I can still go on, but I can't think hard enough to actually initiate what I was speaking about. So carry on, my wayward son. (laughs) (laughs) My heart will go on for you. (laughs) Oh God, Uh, uh, you suck. But then what happens is, is you know, they Lydia sees them. They're like, you can see us, and she's like, so I read that handbook. You know, the handbook for the recently deceased says the living will normally ignore the dead. Or they oh, the ignore the strange. the strange and unusual. And she, like, wistfully looks off into the distance and she's like, I myself am strange and unusual. And I'm like... <laughs> God, you are so extra. <laughs> yeah, but also I'm like, okay, hello me at 12 years old. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. I feel like a lot of... Uh, 
a lot of people have had that phase in their early adolescence where they just think they're super out there, special or edgy or whatever you want to say. Right. I mean, not everybody has a scene phase, but everybody has that phase of like, I woe know. Woe is I'm, me. Yeah. Or woe is me or is I'm secretly special or something like that. Yeah. And, but I got to be weird in order to show that. Yeah. 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 And not saying that Lydia is weird, but when she says that, even though she comes off as goth and come, like, even though I don't know. Yeah. But, and then she says weird things like that. Barbara's like, well, you look like a normal girl to me. Yeah. I feel like after that interaction, she basically becomes Lydia's mother. Lydia's mother, but also, like, Lydia herself becomes just basically normal for the rest of the... Yeah, she's not as strange and dark and... Well, she doesn't have any, like, moments where she says weird stuff like that. Well, I mean, when she, quote-unquote, writes her suicide note... Oh, yeah. ...a little bit, but... I love how she's, like, trying to make it as eloquent as possible. Like an energy teenager would try to be. alone. Start over. I I am utterly alone <laughs> you know and i'm not laughing at the suicide note like we gotta we gotta yeah. kind of tread lightly here but, but it's it's played for laughs it's it, it is playful laughter and it's it seriously i will say this again if you are struggling please reach out for help there is multiple things that you can do to get yourself help to ensure that you stay on this planet because that's where you belong people love you yes. so we are not laughing at the aspect of suicide here i just want to get that straight like we are just laughing at the the darkness in which she is trying to portray however it's yeah. corny and yeah. now that we got that out of the way well, let me pull out my list of 50 best suicide jokes yeah please don't tyler please <laughs> no. don't god 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 god, god. oh uh, <laughs> no nope nope vetoed <laughs> I, mean, I wasn't actually going to do I know. that i know um but but after that, basically, Lydia becomes friends with the Maitlands. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, these are actually pretty nice people right. compared to my parents. Right. Who... They're like, the she's the only living human that they'll let in the attic. Yeah. At least while they're there. Well, she tries to get into the attic at first, uh, but then they keep her from coming in because they just don't want anybody up there. But then she just kind of gets in while they aren't looking, right. basically. Well, I, the first time that she goes in was at least without them there is when she when she after she writes her note and then she encounters beetlejuice which we should probably get into the beetlejuice encounters here no 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 for a movie called beetlejuice but but he's not he's he's not featured i mean minus the tv commercial until like an hour and like an hour and 10 minutes into the film he's kind of like captain jack sparrow in that he's a big part of the movie but he's very much a background character right a lot of i mean he's he's one of the most important and you know that by the by the scenes that he's in. Yeah. But and also the movie's named after him. Yeah. But he's not he doesn't pop up into the movie at least until after an hour. I can't remember the exact I, Well, there's the scene where he's like looking at the newspaper, the obituaries or whatever. Yeah, I mean that's yeah, but he's you don't that's see That's pretty him, early on. Yeah. But he does talk. He you don't see his face or anything, but the first time you see his face is when he shows up in their uh, model. Yeah. Yeah, well, the first time you see his face is in the commercial. Yeah, that's right. That when the first, before they meet Lydia, they're trying to keep Lydia out of the attic and and she's trying to jimmy the door open. And while they're holding the door to ensure that it doesn't open, their TV magically turns on and it's a Beetlejuice commercial. Yeah. So one thing that I've kind of 
wondered about is when they first actually go to talk to Beetlejuice, they go down into the model and are talking with them, and then all of a sudden Barbara just says, home, 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 and they just pop out of the model. So in the end, when they're trying to get this, like, try to say his name, and he keeps talking, wouldn't saying, like, go away, go away, go away work just as well? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think that... I mean, even Adam, when she does the home, home, home thing, is like, kind of Barbara, how did like, you do that? Yeah. Like, well, the threes thing is important throughout yeah. the film. So, you know, he, like, when he's sunbathing on top of Dante's, he has three watches on. Yeah. You have to say his name three times. You have to knock on the door that they draw on the bricks three times. Threes is a huge thing. But I think that the way that Beetlejuice reacted, yes, he would have heard the, the beetle and then, you know, throwing the... Yeah. The zipper and the plank against uh, Barbara's mouth at the in the, one of the last scenes. I think that he would have done that if he would have heard the first go away. Yeah. Regardless. Okay. So I think that I don't think I don't think that matters. I guess so. Also, I feel like the type of character that Beetlejuice is, it would just be any grouping of three, no matter how spaced out the groupings are. Mm-hmm. So, like, Lydia says, you know, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, and then it's a long time before she says it again. But it's also not clarified if yeah. the same person has to say it. Well, she comes back later on and says, Beetlejuice, 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 and has him come over for the whole wedding thing. Right. My thinking is, is with the type of character that Beetlejuice is, that first time she said it would have probably been enough, because he would have probably still been counting those first two times. Oh, yeah, I guess. Even though it was, like, several days later. Yeah. I don't know. It, yeah. ju- it just know, seems like the type of thing Beetlejuice would do. Yeah. Is to actually, like, have a ledger and keep a track of who said his name. Yeah. Because uh, he's an asshole. Yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe it does have to be the same person. But, yeah. So, the first time they meet the Maitlands, it's awkward and extravagant Ooh. and obnoxious. No, not 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 um, not Lydia. Beetlejuice. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, when they dig him out of his grave. He is... Such a handsy pervert of a person. Yeah, with uh, with with Barbara, he is just, you know, when he's hugging. It is, it is Adam. Pretty, he's like reaching back and touching Barbara. It is it is pretty funny. He's like, I know you're married and everything, but realistically, how much of a shot do I get? Yeah, right. It's yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like damn. Right. <laughs> he is he is not a ladies' man, but it's also insinu it's also insinuated that Beetlejuice killed himself. Because he was Juno's assistant. That's true. So he was Juno's assistant at some point, Juno being the caseworker for the Maitlands. Um, So Beetlejuice, it's alleged, from what I've read on the interwebs, that he tried to hang himself because his heart was broken. And And it was kind of like one of those old execution with the gallows and everything where they hung somebody and they didn't die right away so they suffered for like 15 minutes before they actually died like their neck Uh, broke but they didn't it didn't break enough in order for them to like instead of breaking they just suffocated right exactly so it's that's the lore of the interwebs okay that yeah because i understand the suicide thing but i'm just like okay how can i guess what he actually died by because he is a very grotesque individual right he has mold on his face um and his I, hair I, looks like he stuck a fork in the light socket yeah i i don't understand whether 
he like if there was a thing where he looks like that because of things related to his death or because he's a horrible person like does being a bad person kind of affect how you look I mean, I mean, or that, or how you act in the afterlife, even because the Maitlands That's act the same, yeah. Because like they uh, feel unaffected, but they can like morph their bodies into weird shapes and stuff. But they can always go back to what they were, right? And Beetlejuice is the same way, but his default is the grotesque, mold-covered right. version of himself. So I, I'm just kind of wondering, like everybody else looks fairly. Normal. consistent right. and normal well, with so how they died. I also read that, you know, when they're in the waiting room waiting to talk to Juno for the first time, everybody is in the form in which they died. Yeah. So there's the woman who's cut in half, who actually the legs are played by Tim Burton's girlfriend at the time, <laughs> which is a fun little tidbit. And, you know, the the, the singed guy who's like, you want a cigarette? And Adam's yeah. like, no thanks. And he's literally like, a cigarette butt himself yeah, just he, singed he and a, everything he's a briquette yeah <laughs> yeah he's a he's a piece of Which garlic talks, bread left on broil for two he long. talks really normally yep. for someone who and he's like know. yeah i'm trying to cut back myself and he's literally a charred human being but <laughs> so it's supposed to be the people who died or how they died is how they live the rest of their lives yeah or the rest of their unlives. I don't know. Which why why aren't the Maitlands wet? So that is what I was getting at is that they just made an artistic decision to make it so the actors weren't uncomfortable in wet oh, clothing. Okay. You know, like can you imagine having to Adam died in a black and white plaid long sleeve shirt. Yeah. And khakis. Yeah. And she died in a home and a house dress yeah which was not at all flattering really honestly no not really. but um can you just imagine having to do scenes in wet clothing like that like no they just, yeah, they, just they just decided to let the audience be upset about it if they caught on to the fact that they weren't wet there's another movie that's like this which uh is stardust okay the main guy has six other brothers and one of them died through drowning, and so he's, in his ghost form, he's, like, constantly wet and naked. Yeah. Because he was drowned in his bathtub. That's unfortunate. <laughs> and so he's just constantly, like, dripping and everything. And it's the similar thing where they made the artistic decision to say, no, fuck you, you're going to, you drown, so you're going to be wet. You're going to be wet, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's unfortunate. But that I, I feel like it would have taken away a lot if they had been wet. Yeah. Though they could have done something weird like what they did with uh, Winona Ryder's hair where they like greased it up to do the points. Yeah. Maybe they just like put a bunch of like grease and stuff to make the hair look wet. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can tell that the effects, you can tell that the effects are cheap here. Because when, at the very end, when Otho is summoning them and they get yeah. into their wedding clothes, you can tell that they're, a at first at least, their aging yeah. is a light. It's a projected It's a projected thing. light on yeah. their face. That you can just tell is supposed to show that yes, we're about to, away. and then it cuts away, and, and then it comes back, and then and it comes, yeah. In makeup, but it's obviously just a projected light of lines that make them look a little bit older. I thought the scene where it showed her hand aging up was pretty yeah. cool, though. She has beautiful hands. Yeah. Oh my gosh, when she like when like when her hands come out of the wedding dress, they are so elegant and so beautiful. I was just like, wow, those are really pretty hands. I feel like. She is probably just a elegant, elegant person. Yeah, she yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like if there was anyone you could I mean get she to play, runs all the time. 
Like she, like especially when they're alive at yeah. the beginning, she is always running. She's running up the attic stairs to get. Why her. are you running? <laughs> right, right, yeah. And then when they're when when they come down the stairs to um, talk to Jane, she's they're like she's bolting down the stairs. Oh yeah. And then when they go down to the hardware store, she's bolting down the outside stairs and just running to the car. I'm like, bitch, slow down. <laughs> Why are you running? <laughs> Why are you running? Yeah, I don't understand. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> which is why I'm. Which is what I'm sure most parents ask their toddlers. <laughs> why? Why are you running? But actually, like, I feel like most parents are like, "Yes, run, my child. Yes, Tire yourself expend out. that energy. <laughs> <laughs> Be free. Yes, run like the wind, yeah. so you can sleep later and leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> yep. Yep. But yeah, she's like always running, and I, I think that's probably, if, if that is even a thing, it might be metaphorical, where you're alive, you're sprightly, you want to move fast, you want to go, 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 and then you're dead, and you're like, nah, fuck it. Yeah, I, I love her uh, exasperation of like trying to clean the attic, but she can't get rid of the dust because she can't do anything. Yeah, she's like, like, and the vacuum's out in the garage, and I can't fucking leave the house, so... Yeah. yeah. And then, and then and Adam's like, what if this is heaven? And she's like... Heaven wouldn't have dust everywhere. <laughs> yeah. She makes a good point. She makes a good point. She but makes also, a good like, point. they don't really mention anything regarding, like, heaven or hell. Or hell. Well, and, I mean, she asks that their first night back in the house, and he's trying to read the a handbook of recently deceased. Yeah. He's like, this thing reads, like, stereo instructions, you know? And she's like, he's like, well, what do you want to know? She's like, you know, is this heaven or is this hell? Where are we? How long is this gonna last? And he's like, I, oh, fuck I don't fucking know. For how important this manual is, they really just don't give it the seriousness that it needs. No, no. And if I was, if I died and there was absolutely no explanation as to what had happened except for this book, I would be studying it like a motherfucker. Yeah, I would at least read through it once before I did anything else. Yeah, I mean, you're dead. Where the fuck are you gonna go? Right. Yeah, and then they make the door, which apparently being told how to make a door with a handle and knock three times takes like five pages. Because he opens the door, he opens the manual and he's like, okay, here's what we do. Draw a door, you know, so he draws, he takes chalk and draws a door on a piece of brick. I want to, I want to see this manual and I bet it's just a picture with a like one line sentence saying draw a door. And then the the next next page... page... It's like, it's like, draw, draw a handle. Yeah. Next page, knock, knock three, three times. times. Like, I, Next but, page, wait. Right? Yeah, because like, that's basically what happens. He's all, draw a door. He draws the door, and then he's like, okay, what next, what next? And then he, like, flips three pages, and he's like, ah, a door handle. Okay, so he draws a door handle. He's like, okay, okay, okay. And then he, like, flips three more pages, and he's like, ah, knock three times. And I'm like... Why did that? I take, think that was just like, like actor improv right yeah. there. But <laughs> imagine if it was like for every step there was like this like thesis paper of like why you're doing this <laughs> right, <laughs> in between every step. <laughs> Draw a door. Make sure it's proportionate on all sides. Make sure that the dimensions are yada yada yada. <laughs> it specifically has to be a rectangle. No squares. No trapezoids. No parallelograms. A rectangle. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Shoot. That would be a fucking nightmare. I would I, read it and I'd look at it and be like, that's what you had to fucking tell me to draw a door? <laughs> it's idiot proof. It's idiot. Ah. 
I don't. Oh, fuck. I guess well, it's idiot proof because then all the idiots get filtered out, and so that these you know 125 year leases on haunting on haunted houses get traded up for people who actually can deal with it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Which they then all try... the idiots get fi- filtered out into the like one room that has the exercise spirits in it. Right. Which that's terrifying. It is terrifying. Ugh. Hey, Bob, what you doing today? Oh, you know, I'm just internal suffering. Oh, me too. Just like every other fucking day. Right? All right. See you tomorrow. <laughs> Fuck. What is tomorrow? We have no concept of time in here. It's just a black void. Right. <laughs> Shit. God, kill me. Ugh. But anyway, they're, they're thinking about letting the Dietzes stay. And then Otho steals the, the handbook of recently deceased. And now they get summoned to the office of the underworld. Which, why why would that be in the handbook of the dead? What? The summoning ritual. It's not. He's not reading it from the handbook of the dead. Oh. So he reads from the handbook of the dead. Like he reads through it and kind of just gains a a perspective type thing. Yeah. But the thing that he reads is not from the handbook. Okay. When he's summoning the Maitlands, he the thing so that he, he's reading is not from the handbook. He just gets an extra few skill points in his occult stats. You yes. Know, so. Well, I mean, okay. they talk about how he used to dabble, at yeah. least. So well, He used to be the most renowned paranormal expert in New York, or whatever the fuck he says. So is half the population, probably. It's New well, York. Well, that was followed uh, by the whole, is that what they're calling your kind these days? Paranormal? Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about that scene. Oh, yes, the, the, the Deo, Deo scene. Oh, my God. That is... I watched a video last night. Yes, Tyler uh, loves this scene, as he is the one who has brought it up four different times. Shut up. <laughs> shut it's up. a good scene, okay? <laughs> he also has, like, a crush on Harry Belafonte. <laughs> it had, like, the, the day after I watched this movie, I was at work, and I usually just listen to music, and I would go five songs through the, my normal playlist before I'm like, no, I need to listen to Harry Belafonte. <laughs> And then I would listen to three songs of his. Be like, okay, I think I'm good for the rest of the day. Start listening to other music. And then I'd be like, okay, let's do this again. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and then for the last few hours of my shift, it was just constant, you know, jump of the line or deo, just in my head on repeat. And I was joking with this with my coworkers. Like, yeah, that's what happens when you watch Beetlejuice. You just, the whole next day, even two days, even like. Yep. One of my coworkers was like, yeah, my girlfriend for like three days straight would just fucking hum and, you know. Jump in the line. <laughs> jump in, or, uh, okay, <laughs> I believe you. Sorry, I couldn't. I was, I was about to start saying a Deo verse after I said jump in it's, the line. And I was like, fuck. As much as I like the Deo scene, I like that end scene a lot, too. Yeah, I mean, it's cute. Yeah, it's cute. It really kind of wraps things up well. Yep. And it's fun. It is fun. I mean, the Deo scene is fun, too, but it's just... It's a different kind of fun. Like, everybody's in on it in that last scene. Yeah. I also love how the Dietzes have just kind of accepted that there's ghosts. and I love it. They're basically outsourcing the parenting for uh, Lydia to totally. the ghosts, which I'm fine with that. I'm fine with it because I think that Lydia's better off. Yeah. I mean, let's be real here. I mean, her dad is fine, yeah. but he's very much a I just want to be left the fuck alone type person. I mean, and he then... accepts her for who she is throughout the entire film, which yeah. I applaud. Yeah, he is very accepting of it. It's just a... Leave me the fuck alone. Leave me the fuck alone. I'm, I'm here to, to bird watch. Yeah, I'm here to bird watch. And then her stepmother uh, is just... Wow. She's just a nightmare. She is a piece of work. She is a nightmare. So this Deo scene, let's go back to the Deo scene. So she invites her agent over, agent's wife and Otho and Otho's, Otho's 
something. Wife? <laughs> question mark, question mark, question mark. Like, question marks bigger than the word yeah. itself. Yeah. Like, oh. And Lydia is there, plus the, the other Dietzes. So her agent is there to look at her recent sculptures, which are garbage. Yeah, literally. Yeah, literal garbage. Basically painted garbage. It's basically like rumpled up cement with wire sticking out of it. I, I feel for this agent. He is so fucking done with her shit. And and it shows at the end of the scene. Yeah. It shows at the end of the scene. So It's like um, no one is going to ever buy your sculpture. Right. Ever. Right. <laughs> so this is before the the Maitlands decide that they want to invite the Dietzes to stay. Yeah. And they're so they're trying still to trying to get rid of them. So they take over the dinner party. Yes. And what they do is they take Delia over. And Delia starts singing Deo. Which they, they think it's some joke at right. first. Like, she's got some radio. Even or... Charles is like, what is this? Otho, is this you? Yeah. And then he's, like, getting caught up into it, which right. is pretty funny. It's so basically their bodies get possessed. Yes. And they dance around the table to Deo. And the Asian lady is, like, so into it. Well, so is Otho, too. Yeah. Well, I mean, Otho is, like, the second that he picks up the ice bucket and starts, like... Well, he, he kind of, like, questions it confused all of a sudden, and he's just like, you know what, I'm just getting fucking Yeah, he's like, you know what, this is fun. Yeah. But the Asian lady, his wife is... Yeah. I'm going to stop saying the Asian lady. His wife is, like, like rolling her eyes in the back of her head and, like, going with it. She's, and it's, going, it's like, she's going full stoner at a music festival. Right. It's thing. super weird how much she embraces the scene. She's like, it's cool. My body's possessed by his ghost. It's fine. I mean, they, they're fine with it at the end. They think it's kind of like an amusement park ride type right. scenario. But yeah. And they, the they dance around the table singing Deo. Yeah, and Lydia's not part of it. She's at the table, but she, like, even steps back and, like, moves her chair and everything as this is going on. Completely unaffected by it because they like Lydia. Right. So why would they fuck with her? Right. Still, I feel like Lydia would be the type to probably have fun being a part of it because she ends up like begging Adam to do the, you know, jump in the line thing. So I feel like understanding that this is them at that point, since they're trying to get rid of the Dietzes, having her join in and have fun would probably not, you know, be pursuant to that. Right. So maybe it's probably best that she wasn't a part of. I don't fucking know. I don't know. I think, I mean, she, you could see her in a couple of the scenes that are in the couple of the shots that she's having a good time yeah, laughing, laughing at the adults being taken over by them. When the whole scene is over, you know, the shrimp come out of the bowl and it grabs all the adults by the face and then it throws them back, which would scare the fuck out of me. The dancing part probably yeah. wouldn't scare me so much. Did I mean, you... the idea of not having control of my body would yeah. suck, but the shrimp part would scare the fuck out of me. So did you know that that part of the scene with the shrimp and everything was actually shot in reverse? Doesn't I mean, that doesn't surprise me. It makes sense. Uh, the reason why is because the prop puppeteers, whatever, that were doing like the shrimp hands... It was easier to come in instead of coming out. Well, they out. kept poking actors in the eye. Oh. <laughs> and so they decided to shoot it in reverse so that that wouldn't happen. Right. Uh, which they came up from the floor up into their seats. And were unable to avoid being poked in the eye. However. What, what probably happened was it was probably like shot like coming slightly up and slower like, than normal. And so yeah. the hands are there. And the actors just basically put their face into In their the hands, hand yeah. and then just kind of pulled down, basically. I mean, it makes still. sense. Yeah. I just thought that was funny. It's like, yeah, they kept getting poked in the eyes because they the actors who couldn't, who were doing the hands couldn't see. Yeah. 
So, yeah. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. But while they were intending to scare them with this, instead, everybody was amused and then wanted to meet the ghosts. Yeah, I wanted to basically profit off of it. Yes. To which I... I don't blame the Maitlands for saying, fuck, no. Yeah, fuck you. Yeah, (laughs) you are not going to profit off of my death, motherfucker. I will haunt you until you die well, but you're that, not gonna like, profit at this point, off of we it we don't want you here so we're definitely not going to work with right. you we can anything. tell when there are going to be people here who will help you profit off of this and we promise to stay stagnant like i will yeah. fuck you up i don't blame them one bit yeah though if i was gonna have ghosts in my house the maintenance would be pretty swell to have they just seem like a fun group of ghosts yeah i mean i'd coexist with them no problem like they seem nice enough to where they just you know let you have your privacy and all that stuff they would basically just be around like roommates basically because mm-hmm. that's kind of how it is at the end where lydia walks in after coming home from school and they're just kind of there but, but they had rearranged they had revamped the rest of the house to back to where they had it yeah which blew my mind Because I'm like, I understand coexisting. I do. I would not mind coexisting with friendly ghosts. Mm -hmm. However, the Dietzes own the home now. Yeah. They're the ones paying the mortgage. You guys could have at least come to a happy medium. My guess is that... But instead, they they brought back the fucking country old flowery wallpaper. I mean, that's what uh, Charles wanted. He liked that. The dad. Right. He really liked it. And my guess is that... Uh, the wife, who was the big one that changed the house. I mean, I'm sure the whole experience changed her because yeah. she did witness something horrific in the final scene. Yeah. Yeah. So she probably had a change of tune. It was like, okay, I can limit this to like one room in the house. Right. I can have my art room and you can have the rest of the house instead of me having the house and you having your study. Plus, I, I think, think that it probably just reversed. Yeah. And I think all the like addition stuff on the outside of the house stayed. Yeah. Like so, the, the, the landscape balcony and yeah, all that, was, that stuff that was a weird i actually balcony. enjoyed it i mean i wouldn't have like a wall with a window in it i would just have i like the balcony yeah without that weird wall that they put i think there. the wall is to keep you from like falling off i no, i don't think so because the sides are open and it's like 20 feet long on both sides i know it's like an infinity pool but for a floor i guess i don't know i don't know i don't know i ain't a fucking architect me either then again, I feel like the engineer who would have to build that shit would be heavily questioned, like, why the fuck are you doing this? This looks stupid. Yeah, but if you're getting paid to do a project that's not, like, a secret sex dungeon or something, you don't ask questions. I feel like it would be because pretty awkward were like, to ask the questions about the secret sex dungeon, too. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, unless you're hired to do something that doesn't involve, like, if you were hired in some, okay. So, like, H.H. Holmes. H.H. Yeah. Holmes had a torture house in the middle of Chicago, and there were a few contractors that he went through where that he was like, hey, I need you to put this secret sex dungeon or this secret portal here that can only be opened from this bookshelf here, mm-hmm. you know, and the architect or the, it, the contractor was like, okay, but why? And he's like, okay, I'm not telling you that, so you're fired. Like, why not just make something up at that point? Why not just say, I want a man cave? right. Like yeah okay but don't give don't give I want don't give crazies bar. don't give crazies ideas here you shut the fucking mouth I know but it's just like did, did you shut your own mouth 
Look, don't it's, give, it's don't not give, a leap in logic don't, to don't think, oh, people. I should probably have an explanation okay, for this. Don't give psychopaths ideas. Because obviously some of these psycho- psychopaths do not come up with these ideas themselves, so they don't need you aiding them in their psychopathic ideas. Okay. <laughs> Am I wrong? <laughs> so she, <sighs> I get you. I get you 100%. But there might be a psychopath or two listening to this of our three listeners. <laughs> Of which you are one of. <laughs> so. But I'm not a unique listener because I listen every week. That's true. So we have well, three no, unique listeners. No, unique listeners. So that's like listeners that are not like the same person. So that could include people who listen every week. It's just you're one of the unique people that at least listens every week. Whatever. If I'm one of the three unique listeners, then great. So therefore, you are at least potentially a psychopath. <laughs> Kate, <laughs> yep, you're right. Because I'm not one of those listeners. You're right. I listen to this stuff editing it, so I don't have to listen to it. You are. You're right. You're right. And when you're right, you're right. Yep. Why do you think we live in a third floor apartment? Because my temptations are too high. Jesus. <laughs> I got very dark very quick. I was just having you know some fun joking about psychopaths, and then you went there. Like damn. <laughs> We need to have a line, and you crossed it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. All right, well, let's finish this up with actually talking about Beetlejuice's importance here. Uh, Well, he's not really that important. Well, so the the first time that he actually gets to terrorize the Dietzes is that he turns into a snake that is playing a stair rail. Yeah, do you, think, yeah. Uh, do you think in the credits there's actually like the part is stairwell, stairwell and it just says Beetlejuice Snake? So I read that <laughs> the, the stair rail scene was actually shot and animated at least mm-hmm. before Michael Keaton was even cast. I mean, he doesn't need to be there for that. No, but the fact that the resemblance is still there. Yeah, but they probably already had kind of an idea of the look and everything. Yeah, yeah. Because one of the things that throws me off of thinking that Beetlejuice is Michael Keaton is the nose, because... It's really, like, like, it's really broken. It's like George Washington nose, yeah. like, pronounced. And so I don't remember Michael Keaton having a nose like that. I, he doesn't. Exactly. He has, he has a pretty flat nose. Yeah, so I'm, I'm just like, okay. Yeah, no, I mean, his prosthetics are there. And Plus, Beetlejuice is not supposed to be a particularly handsome person. Well, I guess like Dustin Hoffman and Jack Nicholson, Arnold Schwarzenegger were all approached for this for Jack this Nicholson role. would have been fun. Yeah, but I mean, Jack Nicholson makes a perfect Joker. I loved him I as Joker. I feel like he would not have been as funny. I don't. I think Michael Keaton is perfectly cast. Yeah. Because I also, from what I read, is that he didn't he wasn't interested until he met with tim burton and tim burton was like okay let me explain this character to you a little bit more <laughs> and like 90 percent of his lines are ad-libbed i i don't i yeah. don't doubt like that. when he knocks down the tree after the, like after the first meeting of the maitlands and the maitlands are like home 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 and uh yeah. they go home and uh he kicks down the tree and he's like hey nice fucking model and he grabs his junk and he goes honk honk that was not in the script it was totally it was totally unscripted michael keaton just did that all by himself like when he kicked it it wasn't supposed to fall over and he just ad-libbed like nice fucking model hong kong and tim burton loved it so much that he just kept it in yeah i i feel like any uh any director or screenwriter or anything on a project like that 
has to know that there's a very good chance the actors are going to come up with a better line than what's on the paper. Yeah. Especially with actors like Michael Keaton. Yeah. Actors like that, you're going to get some very good takes. You're probably going to have to... It's probably going to be one of those hard choices where there's like three or four good ones. And you're just going to have to choose which one is the best, even though they're all pretty gold. Yeah. I I imagine that's how like a lot of Robin Williams was for the genie. Like, have you seen the outtakes for that? Yeah. There's just... And they just animate the outtakes. Yeah, there's twice as much audio for the genie in Aladdin that they didn't use because... They just couldn't put it in. Right. But it's perfect. But it's all perfect. Yeah. I mean, some of them are pretty racy for a Disney movie. Well, yeah, movie, of course. But still, they're pretty funny. But it, I love that they still went back and animated them. Yeah, they I at least did like that they uh, the still sketches drew or whatever. it to the point where they were like, okay, this can't go in the movie, but this is fucking gold, so I gotta draw it. Yeah, and some of them, like, it was probably one of those things where they didn't know which one was going to go in, so they animated them both to a certain extent just to see what it looked like and then they went with one or the other and yeah. what you see in the outtake is that right <laughs> yeah no oh, i love it i love it but yeah 90 percent ad-libbed this fucking film for michael keaton fucking he is a national treasure oh yeah michael keaton him. you don't hear about him particularly often because he's pretty he's pretty mellow he's, he's pretty, pretty under mellow. the radar yeah so whenever you see him in a movie he just kind of sells it really well he's also like a great diverse talent actor oh yeah he can play pretty much any role you put him into yeah he's one of my favorite batman yeah batman bat batmans i feel like with batman though a lot of batman actors basically phone in the bruce wayne scenes Uh, oh george clooney did it did not like george clooney as batman but also like just that whole batman with yeah i love uma thurman i love poison ivy as a villain I love Robin. Fucking hated that Batman. <laughs> fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger is Mr. Free. Oh my God. What? It, what? I, I think is it was that an inspired Batman? choice, actually. I think it really falls in line. Act, with- like, cast. Yeah. Cast. The cast is perfect. But for some reason, the movie just did not work. Yeah. I feel like for a Tim Burton Batman, Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mr. Freeze is a pretty inspired choice. Yeah. I, yeah, like you're saying, I just think there was something off with the pre-production or post-production that just kind of made it the uncanny valley of like, this isn't bad, but it's not as good as it probably would have been. It's not good as the original Batman that he did with Michael yeah. Keaton and Jack Nicholson. I need to rewatch that one because it's been fucking ever since I've seen... I have I have the first three downstairs. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. there you go. Um, as far as like Bruce Wayne's or whatever, I think uh, Christian Bale did a really good job. Christian Bale did do a good job. And have you seen the trailer for the new one with Robert Pattinson? Uh, yeah, I have. Okay, I haven't watched it yet. So what's your opinion? Um, there's really no scenes as Bruce Wayne in that trailer. So it's just the Batman. So it's just the Batman. I mean, there is like a little like three second cut where he is just Bruce Wayne, but it's he's just standing there. He's not actually like talking or anything like that. So you don't get a idea of what he's like. Batfleck, the Bruce Wayne in that is okay. Justice League made me want to... Have you seen the Snyder Cut yet? The four or five hour slogfest? No. It's actually pretty good but no but i do want to see the snyder cut of lord of the rings i do want to see that but that would be the uh the jackson cut the ja- whatever the jackson cut sorry i was thinking <laughs> you of mean the extended the, edition yes yes 
Uh, with the extended editions, there's a couple times um, where scenes were cut for a reason because they're redundant. Yeah. There's one scene in the first one where Gandalf says something as they're walking through, and then the original cut, that scene is taken out because in another scene, he says basically the same information. Yeah, makes sense. They're just like a no scene reason. or two apart from each other in the minds of Moria. Yeah. At least yeah. that's the one example that people tend to go to for it. Yeah. No I mean, I'd like to, to do redundant. the extended cut marathon of like 13 hours, but hey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was word from our desert creature. <laughs> He's all high and gravelly always. Oh, is that so? Ow, fucker. God. <laughs> You know, I'm fucking with oh, him. Shit. I was not fucking with him. I'm just trying to pet him. He's like, I see a hand coming towards my face. Uh, I will Bites. fucking attack! <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the ending scene where uh, Beetlejuice tricks Lydia into letting him out of the board. Well, not tricks, but bribes him, so to speak. Or bribes her, so to speak. Yeah, well, she could have just said his name and that would have been it. She could have haggled a little bit. Yeah. Because originally, well, what if we a... what if we live together for a little bit, <laughs> get to know each other instead yeah, of marrying yeah. him? Yeah, that was kind of like a you know zero to a hundred moment. Right. So originally... Otho Otho is summoning Barbara ma- and Adam Adam because a developer from New York is there visiting to confirm the ghosts. Or well, to confirm the ghosts, but also Charles was telling him that they could buy the entire fucking town and. The guy was like, why would I want to buy An a, tiner, a tiny town in Vermont? And he's like, come and see, but also I have these ghosts. Okay. So if you're not going to invest in the town, at least invest in my ghost business here. Yeah. So okay. it's Otho, Delia, Maxie, who's the investment person, his wife, and Charles. Okay. And they're all summoning the ghosts because Otho is Oso oh paranormal. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I feel like if being gay gave you, like, these occult powers and they stuff. They probably do. They probably do. Maybe. Yeah. I wouldn't doubt it. They're powerful beings. I can just see, like, a flamingly gay guy, poof, with a huge, like, hand flourish and everything, and all of a sudden, ghost in the sheet. Well, I imagine that, like that it's a, like the Matthew Patel scene in Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, there you go. When he summons his uh, demon demon chicks. Yeah. Um, but he is very flamboyant, flamboyant and pirates are in right now. Like, <laughs> so I imagine that that's how it would be. It's <laughs> a huge flourish with a snap and yes. everything. And all yes. of a sudden, or like the appear. greatest showman, but no matter how hard he tries, whether he's a flamboyant character or not, um, Wolverine, Wolverine, Hugh, Jackman, Hugh Jackman. Thank you. I, I was like, Hugh Grant. No, that's no, <laughs> that's not right. <laughs> Funny aside to that, you know Critical Role, the D&D thing that I talk yeah. about from time to time? They have this comic series called Vox Monsters and Origins, and they have a talk show every week on Tuesdays. And every fucking time that their like, talk show host mentions it, he goes, Vox Monsters and Origins Wolverine. Why? <laughs> because it's a stupid joke. Why? It's a stupid bit. But I laugh every fucking time. And the, the cast members that he usually interviews every week... They, they either have that mixed reaction of either it's funny or just like, why? Right. Just fucking why? <laughs> really? 
But he does it just so nonchalantly, like, yeah, in our comic book, uh, Vox Machina Origins, Wolverine is coming out this day and everything. It's <laughs> he like, just, <laughs> just adds it into the conversation. Yeah, he just adds it in like it's nothing. <laughs> oh, my God. Brian W. Foster is the guy's name, and he's fucking amazing. Nice. Uh, I, love, I love Brian W. Foster. He's an amazing human being. No. But anyway, you mentioning Hugh Jackman made me just no, pop that, out No, that's that. totally fine. So... <laughs> Beetlejuice blackmails Delia into getting him out of the model by helping him save the Maitlands who are being summoned and aged by Otho. He's like, okay, but um, here's what you need to do for me is that I want to be out of this model for good. So in order to do that, I need you to marry me. Yes. And so she's like, fine, just help them, says his name three times. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. And he helps them. To his credit, he does help them. Yeah, he like snaps his fingers and all of a just, sudden they like are their youth is coming back. They like drop like they're kind of floating suspended over the uh, table and then all of a sudden he snaps his fingers and they just kind of like drop ragdoll onto it. Right, and then as time goes on, you see them become more agile. Well, they start moving and, and then all of a sudden yeah. they go from in makeup to not and all young again. There's no real, you don't see the transition the same way as like the. Uh, Initial too old and gross looking. Right. And so then he puts Lydia in this god awful red wedding dress. <laughs> it's all and feathered. It's terrible. It's like it's kind of like Napoleon Dynamite where he's like, I like your sleeves. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, Thanks, I made them myself. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, kinda like that kind of dress. And then once the Maitlands are aware enough and able enough they realize what's going on and they're trying to stop Lydia from marrying Beetlejuice. Yes. So Adam starts saying Beetlejuice and it's funny because Beetlejuice's noise when Adam starts saying Beetlejuice he's all (laughs) (laughs) I almost feel like that was a Michael Keaton ad lib too (laughs) which props to him like being able to just do that like fuck but still that's just it's like he like he like hisses at him with that high squeal like he like opens his mouth shows his teeth does all that it's crazy and then next thing you know adam's in the model yeah so adam has been shrunk to model size and so barbara steps in and she's all beetlejuice and he slaps a zipper on his arm like this guy's super magical yeah this guy can do crazy things to even the dead, whether like regardless of what it is. So he slaps a zipper over her face. She unzips it and says, Beetlejuice. And he's like, and then he's like, ah, come on. And then he does like a, like a, a baseball, baseball pitch. pitch. And then all of a sudden it's a piece of steel nailed to Barbara's face. Which you can't get that off. You can't, you can't get that off. She's trying to get it off with her beautiful, elegant hands. <laughs> Like for real, hand model. Yeah, for real. Like, for for <laughs> yeah. real. And uh, in the meantime, Adam's like, oh, here's a truck that Beetlejuice had previously run into a fire hydrant before he went into a strip club, which if you've seen Beetlejuice, you know exactly what we're talking about because we didn't talk about that scene. So <laughs> uh, he gets in the truck. a strip club in your model? <laughs> yeah, right. me? Adam, why did you put that there? <laughs> so he, he plummets off the side of the model and somehow lands on the wheels. Which is hey, not at all realistic. I mean, maybe. Yeah. Depends on the, the weight distribution, you know. A shut up, physics guy. <laughs> Tyler, the physics guy. Ty, Ty, Ty. Ty. Uh, mm. 
don't know why. I, 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 I just feel like several years just got taken off of <laughs> my life from the cringe. <laughs> yeah, right. My heart. You know what? If you're allowed to make corny jokes about orthos, <laughs> then I get to make Tyler. Tyler. See, my jokes are just bad, though. Yeah, that one was bad as well. <laughs> that was just embarrassing. <laughs> which means that it was bad. Because if I'm embarrassed, which means, which I'm not, because fuck it, like, yeah. whatever. Yeah, um, I make these bad jokes and I just kind of roll with them. Pretty much. Pretty much, I, like it's already fucking recorded. What am I going to do about it? But anyway. Well, I could do a lot of stuff. I could just edit out all this you shit. You could, but or you could keep it in and I could just handle my mistakes. Not mistakes, or handle my corny jokes and just fucking own them. But anyway, <laughs> um, he plummets off the side of the model and then runs into Beetlejuice's... Like, they're doing everything that they can to ensure that this wedding does not happen. Sorry, I'm messing with the desert creature because yes. he's... Wanting to chew on water because he's an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway. So how, Tyler, do they ultimately end up getting rid of Beetlejuice? Uh, yeah. By uh, feeding him to a sandworm that yep. Barbara just suddenly is writing. Yeah, because she was summoned by Beetlejuice to the sandworm country, which we haven't even mentioned a sandworm this whole time. That's like a Chekhov's gun type thing. Yeah. Because... They go into that area every once in a while, and it's like, oh, this is dangerous, but we're only in here for, like, five seconds. Right. Um, but then they go back there, and the sandworms, even Beetlejuice is like, man, sandworm attacks are on the rise. That sucks. Yeah. And then he gets eaten by one, which he then suddenly, so like, somehow survives in heavy quotations and is back at the office. Well, he's like a cat with, like, nine lives. Either that or being eaten by the sandworm is the worst uh, death possible. You basically go to the uh, afterworld, equi- or on, yeah, the afterlife equivalent of the DMV. What the fuck are you doing? What the fuck are you doing, cat? Yes, I got it. <laughs> I gotta get my fix, man. Oh my god, I can't wait to oh. share that one. Oh Jesus oh, Christ, shoot. it was the dumbest thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck are you doing, cat? Oh my gosh. Oh. oh, the desert creature has stolen the show, y'all. Oh my god. Oh fuck. I don't know if that might will be in there. Or I not, don't but... think so either, but you never know. Oh my god. Alright. So what's your rating for the movie? Well, let's let's finish it up just by saying that the Maitlands and the Dietzes end up coexisting quite nicely. And like Tyler had said earlier, the Dietzes have kind of just pushed the parental units, the parental responsibilities onto the Maitlands. Which is, I think, fine it's, for everybody. It's fine. Because I, yeah. Lydia's parents weren't really interested in parenting her anyway. And she likes the Maitlands more, very obviously. Right. So, hey... Yep, whatever. Fine with them. So she gets to levitate and dance to jump in the line because she got an A on her math test. Yeah, which uh, Adam tries to get out of, or at least, you know. He's like, I don't know, you got to see on your science test. And then Barbara just totally throws him on the bus. You didn't get an A in science. Yeah. Shut up. She was like, that's not the point. Our (laughs) living adopted daughter needs to learn. (laughs) (laughs) I love how he just kind of looks at the chair. 
and yeah. then it all like kicks off yep. and then that's it it just goes well they've then... they've they've come into tune with their ghostly powers you that's know because right. because if beetlejuice can put a zipper on someone's face they can look at a chair and make it rock and suddenly start jumping the line yes and levitate a human you know if they are able to possess shrimp I, I love the the football players coming in at the end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, coach, where's the bathroom? <laughs> I'm not your Stop coach. Stop calling me coach. He survived. <laughs> <laughs> well, what happens to us? You died. <laughs> you died. <laughs> Men's room? Are you kidding? Can't you read signs? <laughs> and then, so also, well, before we before we finish this up, while they're still in the underworld, I think it's either the first or I I think it's the second time that they meet Juno, and they're like. Flight 409 is coming into gate 3, like incoming at gate 3. If there was like a real Flight 409 that crashed in like Minnesota or something in like 1950 something. And so they were referencing an actual plane crash in the underworld saying Flight 409 is incoming. Like, like <laughs> oh my gosh, Tim Burton, you obscure fucking morbid fuck. <laughs> I'd put that in there. Yeah, Why the right. Fuck uh, no, absolutely. Yep. I, I really love uh, movies and everything that kind of reference like real life events, especially mm-hmm. if they're period pieces where it's just like in the background, you hear about real things happening. Yep. Yeah. Also in the background, every right. time there's a radio on, a Harry Belafonte song is on. Uh, no, no problem with that. Yeah. They yeah. just, they're really big fans of Harry Belafonte. Yeah. I feel like they have his entire discography and then absolutely nothing else. Yep. I would not be surprised in the slightest. Right. Yeah, it's the only music that they have in their home. But anyway, what would I rate it, you asked? Yes. Objective? A seven. Okay, okay. Yeah. It's I mean, pretty it's, it's, it's pretty respectable. There's not a lot of plot holes. If any, there's really. not There's not really anything that I wouldn't say was objectively wrong. There's, there's no, like, plot hole. There's no, like, movie-breaking plot holes. Right. There's some, like, things of maybe continuity, like, maybe... This scene was shot before a script well, there's change a lot of, or something There's a lot like of shoe continuity that I read. I didn't notice it, but I read it, that there's a lot of shoe continuity. Like, in the snake scene, um, Charles's shoes are one color in one part, and then another color in another. Hmm. Yeah, just, like, weird shoe continuities, and same with Otho when they're going through the home at the, the first time one scene he's wearing red shoes and then one cut he's wearing white shoes and then the next cut he's wearing the red shoes again huh. yeah so i'm gonna actually like the next time i watch this film i'm gonna look at those things but i didn't notice those i read them so. and if i'm ever a fucking like the script supervisor i think that's what they're called yeah man i'm gonna fucking watch that shit like a hawk yeah it's like okay i'm making a note here yep um he's got the red shoes yeah right yeah <laughs> Oh, what, what are you doing with those white shoes? <laughs> right, excuse me, you had red you shoes 30 seconds shoes away. ago. You need to go put the red shoes back on. Please. Yeah, right. <laughs> Poor <laughs> Fun scale. Fun scale. I'm going to give it a 9.5. Okay. It's it's a lot of fun. This it's, is a lot of fun yeah. movie. Plus, this movie is not super long, so mm-hmm. there's no point where you feel like, oh my God, this is dragging. Yeah. Please. Just <laughs> Can end this it. be over now? Not like the thing. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. <sighs> there go there go our other two listeners right there. Like Why are they your friends? Well no, you're just in the minority when it comes to not liking the thing. Like you give me a lot of shit about not liking Hocus Pocus. 
<laughs> Fair enough. Fair. The thing is like the other thing, okay? People love the thing, or at least people who enjoy movies, which is like the vast majority of people like the thing. Uh, whatever you say. What would you rate it? Uh, objective scale, I'd probably be around the same. Like, yeah. probably like Ash. Because it is a B movie. Yeah. Not that that's necessarily a mark against it. It's just like you have to kind of take it in stride of here's what they had to do. Like Army of Darkness is a B movie, yet it's fucking great. Uh, so yeah, it's probably around the seven for uh, objective. And then yeah, fun scale, anything nine plus. It's kind of the reason why it's not a ten is like some very minute reason. Right. But, you know, picking and choosing the decimal, it's like, okay, maybe if I had 10 movies where I rated them 9+, I need to make that distinction because some movies are distinctly more fun than others, even though they are both very fun. So this is, you know, let's say 9.6 or something like yeah. that. Yeah. I The fact that this movie can just instill Harry Belafonte in your mind for days after my god they really just nailed the scenes that those were showcased yes and also that alec baldwin is a babe also if you didn't know deo actually has a continuation track on that album called starro uh, which is basically just literally the same thing just starro instead of deo <laughs> it's not as long as the original track it's only like a minute and a half but it's there. It it's a nice little interlude in the middle of the album because Deo is the first song on that album. Then there's like four or five tracks of which I think three of them are like Latin ballads, like kind of slowish things. And then you have that come in to kind of, you know, lighten things up a bit. I think there's like some other kind of more upbeat thing. Also, the I think it's like the girl from Venezuela is a fun one too. Venezuela. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Harry Belafonte is actually singing, singing uh, kind of a duet at song because they had a uh, woman come in and sing like some call and responses with him and hmm. stuff. She's only so, singing like. Starro. Yeah. Starro. Sorry. I love you, but I'm like. <laughs> Sorry. I'm a big music nerd. Yeah, and, like, I. I'm very confused as to why we didn't listen to Harry Belafonte very often growing up because yeah. dad is like a huge, you know, likes to be by the pool on the beach type person. And the fact that this didn't really come up in the music mix like at all is just kind of dumbfounds me. I don't know if it's one of those things where just didn't remember or didn't come up or whatever just forgot to put it in but i, I have yet to hear a response from him of calling no. him out on that when i facetime you when i'm down there this <laughs> e uh, this weekend we'll maybe we'll get an on-site answer but yeah. on, on the spot <laughs> yeah, right but that's beetlejuice y'all yeah that's beetlejuice that's beetlejuice and um it's one of tim burton's bests yeah. not his best but one of them what would you say is the best Mm, I will have an answer for that next week. Okay. I need a little bit of time to think about I, that one. I'm not really looking forward to next week's. You're not? I'm not a big horror fan. We can change it. We can't. We don't have to announce no, it. No, I mean, because it is October, we have and to And it do is it. the last episode of the season, or of the October. Yeah, it would so. be nice if we did an actual horror film. Yes, like a true horror and film, not a horror And as horror, horror films go... 
this really isn't that bad. I understand, but I'm just I'm I I don't know what it is about horror. Ah, come whether on. it be slasher fix, which I just <laughs> think is stupid as fuck, or actual like creepy horror like Annabelle and all that stuff. I'm just like don't don't even want it. The only oh. horror that I feel very okay with is sci-fi horror. Okay, and that's it. All right. Well, do you want to do you want to change it? No, well, we can okay. do it. I'm just setting up for. All right. Well, I promise to watch it with you, so you're not alone. You little baby. Wow. <laughs> so I am a huge horror fan. So I am looking forward to this. Like I am probably going to ensure that we sprinkle every every once in a while another horror film in there, especially my favorite horror film, which I'm not going to announce because I'm going probably going to make Tyler do it within the next couple months so um but in the spirit of spooky season slash halloween we will be doing rob zombie's first portrayal of halloween yeah it's another john carpenter film yep yep the uh the michael the michael myers we'll see if you like this one instead of the thing god the thing is not horror the thing is sci-fi horror so if it's it's, excuse me horror in the name okay whatever so this is slasher horror so i went through the thing you have to go through this okay okay we have our differences when it comes to i did enjoy it i I enjoyed interstellar so like sci-fi is not the problem sci-fi horror might be a problem i think it's because of the scene with the dogs you got too hung up on the scene with the dogs and the thing and it just ruined your experience for the rest of the movie so you need to rewatch it I really think you're wrong, but that's okay. Well, I'll, I'll rewatch it. I'll rewatch it, okay. and I'll, I'll let you know. Oh. But yes, so next week, Halloween. Rob Zombie's first portrayal of Halloween. I think it came out in like 2007. I, f- I feel like it's a lot older than that. Yeah. Um, well, I actually have a very fond memory, which I will share on that episode about this film. Um, I It's weird, because I'm like, oh, let's watch this horror slasher film, and I have this very fond memory. <laughs> But the the, 2007. Ooh, and it has. Ooh, and it's funny because this um, this movie was written by um, Michael McDowell, which is weird. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's pretty Mm -hmm. weird. And this Halloween that we are watching, which was in 2007, because I have a great guessing game here, has Malcolm McDowell in it. Huh. <laughs> I wonder if there's a relation between those two. Uh, I don't know. Michael and Malcolm? Who knows? Who knows? But yeah, Beetlejuice was written by Michael McDowell, and Malcolm McDowell's in the next one. But yeah, um, Halloween, and with a new beer that Kayfay will pick, because Tyler picked the last two. Hopefully, if I can find time between my trip and all that, fuck. Oh, um, well, you're not checking any bags. Mm-mm. Damn. Nope. No, I could bring back something, but I'm not going to because I'm not checking any packs. So, sorry. I can ask mom to ship us one for later episodes. Yeah, I'll ask. I'll. You know what? I'll just ask both mom and. I'll ask both Uh, mom and our sister to. Both mom and redacted. (laughs) (laughs) Huge black line. Sometimes it actually like record that and just like yeah, right. it. do it, do it. <laughs> I'll ask mom and our sister to send us because I actually want mom to start sending me some of my favorite water that I can only get down there too. So ah, okay. yeah. <clears throat> so anyway, so yes, Halloween next week, new beer. Um, hope you enjoyed this episode of Beetlejuice. 
But uh, give us a follow on Instagram at sendhelp underscore beer and movies. Or follow on Twitter at uh, send underscore bam. Or send us an email. Uh, at sendhelpbam at gmail.com. Or you can follow us or you can give us a like on Facebook at sendhelp all, you ha- all we have in the desert. Uh, la, la. <laughs> it's cool. Send us, send, wow. Send us beer and movies same um but (laughs) (laughs) send help all we have in the desert is beard movies colon colon podcast on facebook but yeah that's it man i am so ready for bed right now i am i know but i gotta make you a grilled cheese oh my god secret ingredient pepper jack cheese